I smell a Metal Gear Solid remake. If I hear one more freaking tabloid blog mention that a Metal Gear remake is confirmed, I'm going to lose my mind. Hey, guess what? It's not confirmed for shit. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Some guy on the internet said it's happening, and then I believed it, and it, I got hype again, and I, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. According to the internet, Silent Hills is being remade by Blue Point, or Silent Hill, or PT, depending on who you ask, on top of Metal Gear Solid, which is being remade by Blue Point, and has been for the past three years. <sighs> I'm Fingers. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. Today on the show we've got streamer Pat Boyvin from the Twitch and YouTube channel Pat Stares At. He's also one of the hosts of Castle Super Beast Podcast. What are your thoughts on all this remake madness, Pat? Metal Gear Solid and Silent Hills. I have talk to everyone I could possibly talk to about Silent Hills. And do you know what they tell me? Dude, no. <laughs> Are you like <laughs> Konami? Really? Uh, like they don't want to acknowledge that. <laughs> it's a reminder of something that never got released for them. It's it. Of course they don't want to put it up. You're, you're right, guys. The company that went so far as to disable backwards compatibility for those of you who may have actually still had PT on your external hard drive and then in the past also went to the point of turning game developers into janitors at their health clubs <laughs> over petty shit like whatever the fuck design decisions or how long they took on games and then went on to bury the Metal Gear franchise with a piece of shit right after they fired most of the staff. They're going to... Come to your rescue and let somebody else just take their storied franchise and give it to the best developers, and they're gonna get your dream. Like, are you guys like who is insane enough to believe that shit? A lot of people do. That's what happens when you watch too much anime. You think there's gonna be some sort of like turnaround in the last act that makes everything work. No, that's it. That's it. People romanticize game development. They think it's some magical thing that happens and isn't a business. It, it doesn't work that way. Even like the act of game development in terms of like production is not magical. The phrase magic was used by BioWare just last year to defend what was going on with Anthem. Guys, don't worry. It's all going to come together in the last six months, man. Oh, Mass Effect was like this. Dragon Age was like, it's just that Bioware magic, man. It's all just going to come together. Oh, shit. <laughs> I had somebody offer me a copy of Anthem for free, and I was just like, eh, I'm good. That's, that's too much. It seems like, I mean, it's so funny that people are talking about Bluepoint remaking Metal Gear because we're still arguing about their fidelity on par with like the old Demon Souls. That's been kind of a, a a touchy subject for a lot of folks. Well, you've been playing uh Demon Souls, right, Pat? What do you think? I about? literally beat the game the second time six minutes ago before <laughs> I hopped into this. Nice. And that's uh that's two times through. 
the fidelity in terms of like their graphical presentation, holy shit, they're the best. The accuracy in terms of like their art design, uh, it, I'd say it's hit and miss. I'd say it's like 60-40 negative, like 60 mm-hmm. negative, 40 positive. But like the rest of the fidelity stuff just absolutely crushes it. But like I think a way more interesting thing to talk about Blue Point remaking Metal Gear isn't Blue Point did Shadow, which was great, and Demon Souls, which I personally think is really great. It's the fact that I can't even get a straight opinion from a consensus over whether or not we even like the last Metal Gear Solid remake, which I don't. I think that game sucks. <laughs> Talking about Twin Snakes, right? Hell yeah, I am. You would be right, because that, you know what's funny about that? If you look at the art design in Twin Snakes and compare it to the original, it's it's night and day, uh, almost literally in some cases, because they suck the color out of most of the sets and just coat them in as much bright light as possible, and it just strips them of any character that they might have had. And what's screwed up about it is that that game was overseen by Kojima Productions and they still didn't get it right. So how I'm fully expecting if Bluepoint does remake this, it's just going to be dark and blue and gritty and it's not going to have any of the the tone or nuance that the original had. I'm I'm, I'm very like, I'm not hopeful. It's going to be like the Call of Duty route, like what they did with that with Modern Warfare. It's just gonna be like hella military, hella realistic. Do you uh do you think they're gonna add the two pipes and the Rex layer like they did in Twin Snakes oh, to no. completely like skip the 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 pal card heating? <laughs> Dude, I don't even know about that. What are you talking about? Okay, so I'll, I'll, okay, you remember in MGS one you had to backtrack. Oh yeah, yeah, all yeah. the way to like heat the pal key and cool the pal key. And that act of having to backtrack and put in all this annoying effort sort of lent itself to the betrayal that came immediately after, right? You're like, I put in all that work, you son of a bitch, you know? Like, it, <laughs> Yeah, it takes like half an hour. Yeah, well, right. in the Twin Snakes, in Rex's lair, if you just look to the right, there are heating and cooling pipes that you can stand by, and they will, you shoot them, and it blows steam out, and it instantly heats and cools the key. The whole segment takes like three minutes. Wow, I totally did not do that at all and just went back and did it the old way. Yep. Is there any other clue, like, besides the visual indicator, though? Like, is there ever a codec call that, like, hints at that? If there is, I didn't look for it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be, like, some key secret for those who've already played. Yeah, that's and- what I'm saying. Like, if you catch that on the first playthrough, like, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, really awkward, but it it's kind of a, a metaphor for, for how they treat Twin Snakes, or how they treat MGS One in in regards to Twin Snakes, it's just a throwaway, right? <laughs> what are you even going to do with that game? Mechanically, it's so far in the past that if you just gave it a graphical upgrade like they did with Shadow of the Colossus and Demon Souls, it's not going to work. You know, you can make it look like a game from 2020, but it's going to play like a game from 1998. So they're going to have to well, redesign that thing from the ground up. Unless you decide to make it play like a game from 2001, was that Metal Gear Solid 2? Mm, yeah. Uh, which yeah. is what they did for uh, Twin Snakes, which like breaks just half the encounters in the game. Yeah. Right. Yep. You can beat Ocelot in like five seconds. But what if they actually take that advice and go, okay, you can't do any of that first person stuff. And you, can, you know, like if they kind of like 
restrict the stuff back to the PS1 version instead of just building on what Twin Snakes did? Honestly, I would I would think that the biggest problem is that because of the game's top-down view, the, all the work that they put into it, a lot of it would go to waste. Yeah, they're going to want to show it off like like I keep saying like Final Fantasy 7, it's like you you want to look up and see the plate and just kind of rotate the camera. You, you, like you'd have the first person button so you'd be able to get up to like a like a you know a tray and be like ooh wow the floor's <laughs> really high texture but like most of the time snake is like the size of a quarter on your tv yeah so they would have to fundamentally redesign those environments to to match a new gameplay style which i'm assuming again if any of this crap is true that they would opt for something more in line with mgsv you know that sort of system yeah, the the whole thing seems pulled out of somebody's ass. Like all, none of the parts, <laughs> none of the pieces of this actually fit together. Because Blue Point does like exhaustive, like pixel to pixel attempts at recreating. Like it's 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 more along the lines of something like a restoration than a remake, where they try and like scour off the grime of time and make it look like how you thought it looked. But with MGS One, like the how. Say you made it look all fancy, it would still have the same camera angle as Silent Bomber, and no matter how much like fancy next gen glitz you can put on it, I mean it would apply in the cutscenes, but for most of the game it would just look like a high end indie game. Yeah, yeah, you'd be too far away from it. It, It'll have to be a different game. I don't think that game is real at all. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of other people have been like requesting though. They're like, no, don't do that. Do Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake together and like turn it into some kind of modern experience. Turn those games into some kind of modern experience. That would be way preferable because those games are old as shit. <laughs> They're definitely tough. They're NES hard for sure. We're talking about remaking Metal Gear Solid, right? I'm just going through Demon Souls and it's a good point of comparison because. There's something that I'm learning every time you get one of these one-to-one remakes, particularly when you're keeping the same guts. Like, not from Resident Evil 1 to remake, right? Because that that changed everything around. It was like a spiritual remake sure. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're using the same guts, you know what sucks and no one is ever overall happy with in the long term is when they even go and get the same voice actors to re-record the same lines like 10, 15, 20 years later because they don't hit the same way. Like in Twin Snakes, I don't like any of that re-recorded dialogue. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I was about to bring up. <laughs> Especially Naomi. Naomi doesn't have an accent. Yeah. <laughs> like... That's really weird. Mei Ling losing the accent, that makes sense because it made no sense that she had one in the first place. <laughs> yeah. She's born in California. Why the fuck does she have like a like a native Chinese accent? Doesn't make any sense. But Naomi is supposed to sound like she's from fucking Rhodesia. And then she just stops. And then in MGS4, she also just gave up. She's got no accent at all. It's just Jen Hale. <laughs> The worst part about her performance in Twin Snakes, though, is that she just sounds the whole time like she doesn't care. It's it's completely monotone the entire game. Didn't like David Hayter like cut some of his paycheck so that yeah. like, the original cast could join. Yeah, he did. So it's like That's he's awesome. taking everybody out to dinner and like they're just getting the salad or some shit. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, you can criticize David Hayter's performance in the later games after MGS1, but that man and Boy, will shit. I. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I take it you're not a fan of the Peace Walker groveling? It's out of control. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm torn because on the one hand, like the way Kojima personally treated Hayter in terms of the MGS5 stuff in that it's like didn't even call him kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think that's particularly cool. But in terms of moving to a new voice actor in general, like Hater was very public that like to do the snake voice, he'd, he'd hit whiskey over time. Like I think he started at MGS3 because his voice was being shredded by doing that growl. Yeah. And if you get to Peace Walker and it's just, oh man. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a caricature of snake at that point. Yeah. That AI scene where he's just like, no, answer me. And just like, it's like, holy shit. Tell me why. Answer me. You know what's kind of screwed up is that uh, they've been trying to recast him since MGS3. He had to re-audition for Snake every single time. In fact, for MGS3, um, originally Kojima wanted to get Kurt Russell, which uh, they even extended an official offer. And uh, he, quote, politely declined. See, that's a bummer because if if Kojima had come out for any game going, hey, guys, Kurt Russell will be replacing David Hayter, everyone will go, oh, cool, no shit, great, okay, good. That's, yeah, that's the person. <laughs> that's literally that the, good. the person you <laughs> stole their likeness of to make this character. <laughs> At that point, fair. you're just daring them to sue you. Didn't uh didn't they ask about like they asked John Carpenter like what do you think about this guy who's stealing some of your concepts and he's like yeah yeah that guy's cool I think it's cute yeah yeah the the gist of it was that um there was a Luke Besson movie called um what was it I think Lockout had Guy Pierce in it and it was basically like Snake Plissken in space right mm-hmm. and um it was so close to the premise of Escape from New York uh that the company that owns the escape from franchise sued and, and won essentially. I, I actually can't remember if they won or if they settled, but they, but they did sue that same company wanted to sue Konami over metal gear solid, but John Carpenter stopped him because he likes Kojima. Like there's a, there's a whole interview where he talks about it. Didn't John Carpenter get a PS five recently too? John Carpenter is my personal favorite post-fame director because John Carpenter doesn't give a fuck about shit. <laughs> he he recently did an interview where he talked about, somebody asked him like, hey, why don't you go to those uh, Masters of Horror uh, dinners anymore, you know, where all the horror writers and movie directors hang out? And he said, and he tells a story about a couple of years ago, I think it was who the fuck was it? It was the one some crazy German director that who's I can't is it Paul Verhoeven? The guy did Antichrist. No, it's Cronenberg. He's friends with Cronenberg. And Cronenberg is standing there surrounded by a semicircle of these directors. And he's like holding court. And he's like proselytizing about the the art of the movie. And Carpenter's like, man, fuck it. I'm just going to go home and play video games and get high. (laughs) And I think earlier this week, I retweeted uh, like John Carpenter's one tweet review of Assassin's Creed Valhalla which is not the review I expected to read. Oh, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> it, was, it was very uh, 
not tight by him. I don't know. I like to believe that John Carpenter, like when he got to his PS5, he just ripped it out of some kid's hand and laughed at them and walked away. But I'm happy he has one. That dude doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's earned it. That Metal Gear Solid remake is like, I can't believe it's real. I like even the timing of development doesn't make any sense. They just finished up on Demon Souls. How early could they have possibly started working on a Metal Gear Solid remake? Like a year ago? That would put it like two years from now, three years from now. Oh, and don't forget what the rumors say. Not only have they been working on it for three years in parallel with Demon's Souls, <laughs> but it's going to be announced during the Game Awards. There's something about the Keeleys, man. Well, same thing with Silent Hills. It's going to get announced during the Game Awards. Which they said last time, and it totally didn't happen. The thing that, the one thing that I saw on Twitter that kind of got me going was that, uh, Jeff Keeley was kind of, he's like being like friendly with Konami again. There's uh, he, something he, about he, Jeff Keeley. He's like a canary in a coal mine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why people just look up to him for that reason. But for him to even be in like replying to Konami on Twitter, it's like, okay. I think it's going to happen at some point at this point. <laughs> Saying that they're going to remake Metal Gear Solid at some point is like predicting that Nintendo is going to make another Super Mario game. Like it's kind of a given. Yeah. But I'm so sick of these rumors. Nobody knows anything and they're just trying to get to the first of the line and I'm losing my mind, man. <laughs> I don't I don't particularly think that's a given at all. Uh, that think? franchise is like more than any video game franchise I can think of. Uh, I mean, f- for fuck's sake, the the podcast we're on right now isn't called the Metal Gear podcast. It's, it's Kojima. Yeah. Right? And he isn't just gone. He got shit canned out the door on an epic scale. And then they you made a, a, a little spinoff and that, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, I've, I've had talks with some friends about this. Uh, if Konami ever does decide to like, let's just hypothetically say they make Metal Gear Solid 6 or 0 or whatever. They do some sort of like official continuation. Are fans going to say it's non-canon because Kojima isn't there? I would like, absolutely. Like he sort of... He sort of left and took the keys with him, you know? Well, my first reaction when you say that is that there's a lot of fans that will sit there and tell you that Peace Walker isn't canon because it sucks. Um, (laughs) And that Poops isn't canon, but that's because Poops is actually soft canon. Uh, It's soft poops. Soft poops, (laughs) soft canon. Here's our episode title. <laughs> I'm I'm very of the poops is not canon. Hey, they mentioned it in Peace Walker. It happened, damn it. Yeah, but like they, I remember the interview with Kojima where he was like, oh yeah, that stuff happened unless I write something later that it contradicts it. Yeah. At which point it didn't, that part didn't happen. It did get kind of weird in that one though. I can see where he would probably be like, he'd look at the final product and be like, ooh. Probably wouldn't have done all that stuff. Yeah, that's how you refuse to answer a question. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would definitely look at any new Metal Gear. Like, I look. I mean, we can look at Survive, right? In Survive, the people, they fall through a portal to fight a giant worm monster and crystal zombies. And that happened 10 minutes after the Mother Base uh, attack. Right when when you know Snake and uh, and Miller turned their back on the base, a big portal opened up and ate it. 
Yeah. Do we all believe that really happened? I don't think we're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, the the developers even said, you know, sorry if you thought this was canon. It's just us doing a goofy spinoff. Yeah. That's like, I don't know. Yeah, going into that with that kind of outlook, that's what, that's how I kind of enjoyed it. It was just like a fun multiplayer game. Where I was like, all right, cool. Fox Engine and multiplayer, cool. I'm down. There was nothing that they could have made that would have gone over well at that point in time. True. Right, yeah. It was doomed to fail. It was probably smart to have something that didn't tie directly into a storyline, like no prequel, no nothing, because like, yeah, pe- people would have flipped their shit. Yeah, and they were saying the whole thing came about because the younger staff members were just dicking around with the Fox engine, placing items, and were like, hey, you know what would be neat? Tower defense. And that was it. I really wonder about how that game would have been received if the exact same game came out, but none of the drama with the firings had happened. Oh, they would have loved it. Like, would would, you, would the average person just add a, a one to that game's score? <laughs> I think so. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Likely, for sure. They would add they would add five. Yeah. <laughs> Kojima does it again. At the same time, gamers are usually quick to call out when, especially nowadays, call out when a company is doing like, quote unquote, like a cheap multiplayer component, like like Resident Evil with the resistance game. People were even though I liked it, people were very anti resistance because they thought and were probably true about it, like, you know, taking away some of the production for Resident Evil three. I can tell you with a great degree of certainty that that did not take away any production from Resident Evil 3. (laughs) Resident Evil 3 had its production limited from the start. (laughs) (laughs) That game broke my heart. And then they were like, hey, let's add this multiplayer thing the guys are working on so we can charge the full price. Yeah, that's what it seemed like for sure. Why'd they have to ruin that one? Why, why that one? Could have been any other Resident Evil. The only thing I think was fixed in that game was Carlos. You like that hair? By making him super hot? <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that hair, oh my god. I saw the, uh, I, I I pre-ordered it, so I got the uh, the classic costumes, and then I oh, saw him terrible. with the old hair. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so, so bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I threw up a little in my mouth. We did have that big Capcom leak this week, too. Have you read that, Pat? That whole thing is... I have taken a moral stance that I have chosen not to report on uh, stuff that has been gotten through such ill-gotten means, particularly uh, as it includes like employee social insurance numbers and passport photos and all sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say that I'm personally ignorant of what is going on with that leak. Yeah, at this point, you can just kind of pick it up through osmosis because everybody's talking about it. Well, I actually haven't lo- went out and looked, but like it hits my Twitter now and then where like a full page document will just hit my eyes and I go, oh, OK. Oh, all right. Yeah, I can't unread that. Pretend I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, the one thing that kind of threw threw me off was the uh, apparently there's going to be a Resident Evil 4 VR. And one, I don't really know how that's going to work. And two, it kind of reestablishes Resident Evil 4 as like the Skyrim of Resident or survival horror in a sense that it's everywhere. Um, but that's the only leak I've really focused on myself. Release that game on every platform. It will sell. It's so good. However, Resident Evil 4 VR sounds terrible. 
Yeah, how are you going to like, I don't know how they're going to transpose that gameplay. With those graphics too, it'll just make you sick. Sounds like a bad time. I, I Like maybe it's a light gun game? Eh, that could work. I was thinking they'd take advantage of like kind of what they did on the Wii version where they have that sort of like gyro aiming, but with your uh, with your index controller, whatever you decide to use. I keep hoping that eight will get VR support because seven with VR was just so damn good. I had a blast with that. I think the only reason that got VR support was because Sony paid for it. Yeah, probably because yeah. ne- they never brought the VR to uh, PC, did they? Nope. No, which is weird because they said it was coming one day and then it just didn't. Yeah, that's really weird. That is the only thing I'm jealous about with PSVR folks. Like, <laughs> I I know they complain about no custom songs on Beat Saber or no mods or whatever, but I, I would want I want Resident Evil Seven. Like, let's trade off. <laughs> yeah, I doubt Eight's gonna get it at this point. I honestly doubt that Sony's gonna put out like a PSVR two or anything because didn't it only have like something close to four percent market share with ps4 owners or something oh well vr did well but not a lot it is yeah they are putting out a new bundle that has like an adapter so that you'll be able to use uh your psvr on the ps5 yep i got that adapter actually yeah i don't don't know how i got it so early but when uh they put up the site i was like yeah give me that and then they actually sent it really fast (laughs) i don't know man vr just seems like i got a psvr because i had a really good experience at uh at the office I came home and I played it for a couple hours and then I was like, okay. Yep. No, my kids use uh, it more than I do and even they kind of gave up on it. And then Paige went and got a a fucking um, Oculus to hang out in VR chat because of the COVID. Good way to hang out with people in a way that they can't cough on you. (laughs) And that's pretty novel. But then I played a couple games and messed around with that and was like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. It just seems maybe maybe it's just me, maybe I'm lazy, but the just the act of putting the big goddamn thing on <laughs> yeah. seems like a significant impediment to do anything. Yeah, I don't even like putting headphones on. So it's like a wearing like a big glasses. thing all over my yeah. Doesn't seem like a good time. Yeah, if I use it without my glasses, I'm pretty much blind. Damn, I didn't ever think about that. That my head hurts after every single VR session. Come out sweating like I was in a sauna. Yeah. I once injured my knee uh, trying to get down under a car, thinking it was existing, but it wasn't, and super hot, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's so real. You got hurt in the game, and you got hurt in real life. That's crazy. Haptic feedback is nuts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, haptic feedback in this controller that I'm holding right now on the PS5 is genuinely much more impressive to me than VR I- at all. It's kind of nuts how they can make it feel like different textures. Like, that doesn't seem like it should work. So th- the texture one was really impressive, but the one that got me, and I think it's only, like, the only game you can feel it in is Demon Souls right now, where um, when a like a skeleton or something does a huge wind up attack and breaks through your guard and, you know, makes that metal clang. Um, You can feel the vibrations like wane and dissipate. Hmm. Like it it starts strong, but it is a wave. It's like, you know, 
I haven't gotten and that yet. That's crazy. It's super nuts. It's like the first time when you played Metal Gear Solid with a with a Dual Shock, and like you felt, you know, you're going up the elevator, and it started doing all that like the different types of rumbling. You're like, okay, okay, oh this no, is, this is different than the N64. Like, like it was like all or nothing on that thing. Oh no! Are if if they remake it, is it going to be like the most realistic heart attack in your hands ever? <laughs> yeah, dude, I want to I want to feel like Ocelot's bullets ricocheting around me if they're going to remake it. You're like stereo wind effects. <laughs> um, what would Kojima do with a haptic feedback controller? That's somebody. I saw I'd, somebody talking about him doing uh with with Death Stranding, like just making the uh all the walking stuff just that much harder. Like imagine like being in yeah. mud and stuff and just holding the triggers down. And or like if something's heavy, you have to push harder on the on the triggers. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer actually that Death Stranding came out like a year and a half too early because if there was any game that I could think of that would more directly benefit from a rumble simulating the feels of different terrain, it would be that game. Yeah, for sure. One hope that I do have is it looks like they're getting pretty substantial support with steam to make these similar features on par on PC. You know, maybe there's a possibility, you know, we'd be able to do that. Not you know, 100% translated, but somewhat translated on the PC version. Depends how much work it is, right? Like, yeah. Is it the kind of thing? Because it's using um, it's using the game's audio mix to create these noises. Um, and I don't know how that works because I seriously doubt. I mean, fingers, you're the audio man in the room, right? Yeah. Uh, I seriously doubt they're pumping in like certain like versions of the mix into the thing and going it just works yeah it's probably just different cue points happening you know like uh circumstantial context based from a programming standpoint they probably have an api for that controller that has presets like ice or sand or any other number of textures that you just kind of hit a checkbox for that's that's probably what's going on to a degree, and then you can get into the nitty gritty and sort of customize yeah. it from, from there. That's so. that's somewhat what they suggested in the article that it was utilizing some sort of API. In the article yeah. that I read, at least. Well, Steam said they're going to add some like they've they've got support for the controller, but they don't have support for like haptic feedback and the triggers. But they said they're going to add that. The question is, how many games are actually going to take advantage of that? Like, I doubt Sony's introducing a new paradigm that's going to take over PC gaming or anything crazy like that. But are, are really a lot of developers going to make use of something that, you know, you have to have a PS5 controller just to just to do it on a PC? When I think that we can look forward to at least in the next five years. Two indie games <laughs> that add it as a feature. <laughs> and and maybe, maybe two Ubisoft games and one other big budget like a AAA company that just f- have it automatically work and it just uses the same data that the PS5 version does. Oh man, you know, like cyberpunk or something. Yeah, we're gonna check back in five years because I bet you're right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I got my hopes up for that one. 
It's a great controller on PC, regardless. I've been using oh, yeah. it uh, for the week, and it's I genuinely prefer it to the Xbox Elite controller that I had, which is more than double the price. Yeah, I actually just ordered one myself just to uh, have one. I don't even have a PS5. I was just like, oh, it'll be a good PC controller now that they got the Steam support and stuff too. So It is. It's a really good controller. I feel like I'm going to have that controller a lot like for a while before I actually get a PlayStation 5. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's bad out there. <laughs> I saw some people uh, near DC, just like crowds and crowds of people at a GameStop for what, like two PlayStation 5s available? Yeah, I saw that right before I came on, too. Is that the group that had the mattresses out and they were just, like, straight up sleeping? C- can they not count? It, I mean, they're, they're having, like, main character syndrome where it's like, I'm going to be the one. Like, they're the Charlie <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. I mean, you golden know, tickets I, might be a better approach at this point. That's so. That's what Japan's doing. Japan? All right. I was just talking to somebody an hour or two ago about how they can't get a PS five in Japan and they work in the games industry. And thus it is extra frustrating Damn. that they can't get a game <laughs> a PS five because like they would like to figure out some of the stuff it can do for work, <coughs> but they literally can't because Japan is doing only lottery. Yep. Wasn't didn't Ludwig Porcel say he couldn't get one. Oh uh, yeah, I did see Ludwig mention, <laughs> yeah. which is like he was he was passive aggressively tweeting on my Demon Souls <laughs> tweets because he was like, "Fuck, man, it must be really nice to have a PS5." <laughs> like, Damn. Sorry, Luddy. You're gonna have to just go back to making sick tunes in the meantime. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the PS5. You let me work at Kojima Productions. <laughs> I don't want to work at Kojima Productions. Why would I? Oh, man, that place is probably weird. (laughs) Bunch of baby dolls sitting around and stuff. That's that. Don't threaten me with a good time. Somewhere between like Apple and the Church of Scientology. Yeah, that something about something about that studio makes me feel like it's the kind of place where Kojima walks in eating like a piece of cherry pie and goes, I want this level to taste like this pie and just leaves. (laughs) <laughs> he's like the Steve Jobs <laughs> like that Bill Burr bit <laughs> I mean I remember there it became like almost a meme of like people in Kojima's like st- people in Kojima's staff being like yeah Kojima told us to do this and we were like haha that's a funny joke but he was serious like there have been <laughs> quotes that have been like fake but people thought they were real because it's such a such a common trope with Kojima hey guys hey guys <laughs> I know you all want to see your family, but we're all going to really need to burn the oil and sleep under our desks for the next nine months because (laughs) God damn it. If MGS two is not going to release in the year of the snake. So let's just all (laughs) nut up people has a deep cut. (laughs) What do you mean there was a terror attack in New York? We have cutscenes that show the world trades. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that man almost got divorced over that game. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. He was getting like four hours of sleep a night for two years. Just ridiculous. I wonder how many people have gotten divorced over MGS2. Uh, 
I'm sure I've come close a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. I think I got dumped over it, but I never looked. <laughs> <laughs> so are we done with like current event topics? Cause y'all yeah. know I'm like, I really want to dig into this next subject. Yeah. Hit it. That's fine. All right. So, you know, we are the Kojima frequency and we do talk about a lot about Metal Gear, but we never want to strife away from being able to talk about some of his other works um, that, you know, most people aren't aware of or most people don't have enough knowledge of. Um, That being said, you know, Pat, I think this is a great opportunity. We've been waiting a long time to talk about how fucked up police knots is. It's so fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, so we figured this was a better opportunity than ever to just kind of get our feelings out about that game while you're with us, if that's okay. What fucked up part of Police Knots do you want to talk about? (laughs) Well, we put a a few, like, uh, bullet points here. Um, First and foremost, there's obviously Karen. I have a lot to say about Karen. I do appreciate that you guys recognized, you know, the fucked upiness about that, like, immediately. It's overwhelming um, <laughs> and it's fast. The pseudo incest. Uh, yeah, that I don't know. There's no pseudo about it. I mean, th- that, that that was their words, not mine. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I, I, I love how, like, there was there like the, the whole like DNA scene with her recovering. Like, you think that would be the moment where, like, they suggest, hey, you know, like we're at the end of the third act. You know, let's let's just put it out there but no you don't really technically get it until the very end uh and then the credits come on and your game crashes but that's that's something that fucked me up a lot uh you know jonathan jonathan ingram as a person um we actually held off talking about this for a while because i think i think our issue was that we we didn't want to talk about too much about like policemen doing fucked up things this (laughs) summer uh so what are you talking about (laughs) so i we couldn't necessarily talk about john ingram as a character it's different it's in space that's true damn it i was waiting to say that i was waiting (laughs) to say that exact thing (laughs) but uh yeah i was gonna say i don't want to be the one just talk I, i feel like a little crazy being the only one hyped about police knots here so I know, like when when I played it, I was like, "Damn, this this game's like perverted as shit." Like, okay, Kojima, you're like horny on main right now. That's that's kind of weird. There's that game. Hmm. Mm, okay. Hmm. Hmm. All I right. I understand why it didn't get localized. So we can't judge. There's one thing about police knots that's really funny to me, which is like, oh man, you really liked Lethal Weapon when you wrote this, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These this is this is more stolen than Snake was. Like, because it's two characters. It's Ed and Jonathan. Like, it's just Riggs and Murtaugh. Wow. Okay. All right, moving on. Yeah, like Snatcher, Blade Runner, like that doesn't even touch this. This is like still even higher. Yeah. But <laughs> You you're you you get you get like your little little red flags about like Karen Karen's the 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 giantest red flag of all, right? But before there you get these little tiny red flags. You get like uh, the way that John hits on the the flight attendant on the space shuttle over. It's kind of skeezy, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But then you get to the 
Then you get to like the zero gravity party lounge and you're like, look, we lab grew these slave hookers from DNA we bought from movie stars. Holy shit. Can't you like touch the booby of one of those movie stars too? Or like there's some there's some spots where you can touch boobies you like can more touch than once. A lot of boobies in that game. Can't you touch Meryl's boobies? I believe you can. Yeah, but you got to work for it. <laughs> and then unlike, and then when you do, they growl at you. Unlike those clone sluts, you have to work for it. Nah, <laughs> but uh, God, I just like I just watched y'all's playthrough of that, and I'm I'm forgetting some of the more fucked up parts, and that that so, really says a lot about the game. I think, I mean, that game has it's top to bottom zaniness, but. I think probably the most interesting thing that's absolutely laughably ridiculous and I don't know what the fuck anyone involved in it was thinking is there is a sequence in that game in which uh, I think it's Tony, but whatever. Some jackass puts a bomb in a purse in a purse store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was about to bring this up. (laughs) And you are to find the correct purse through a bizarre sequence of trial and elimination. And then you are talked down as to how to disarm the bomb, <laughs> which you can't do if you actually read all the dialogue. It's impossible. Yeah, that timer is aggressive. The dialogue to tell you how to do it, it takes up the whole bomb timer. <laughs> there's even, yeah. uh, I was going to say, if you fuck up enough, there's even a point where... Um, John or is it Ed? Ed is like, here, just let me do it. And John's like, no, 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 I got this. Um, and then there's one point where they acknowledge that they fucked up enough. So it's like a fourth wall breaking scene. Um, but yeah, that's that's that in the combat segments. I haven't played it, I've only watched it a few times. That in the combat hey, it's not segments. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh that and the like the I don't know even what to call them, like the rail shooter segments. Those seem really, really hard and really sort of they have a little charm to them, but you wouldn't want to play it. I'm glad I didn't play it. Yeah, it's just that of that Sega CD era. That's kind of just like how they did stuff back then. It does definitely feel like a product of its time. And I wonder how it would have been received had it made it over here. There were plans to bring it to the US that got scrapped. They had box art and everything. Well, let me let me do a, a quick Google. Which came out first? Was it Snatcher or Police Knots? Snatcher came out Snatcher. first. Snatcher. Okay. Uh, it wouldn't have been received very favorably. I mean, Snatcher didn't even sell 10,000 copies. But at least Snatcher was like, holy shit, look at this. Look at this weird thing. Whereas Police Knots is, hey, look at this. It's that weird thing. It's like Snatcher, but instead of Blade Runner, it's 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 <laughs> Lethal Weapon <laughs> Five. They go to space and In fuck space. their kids. <laughs> Apart from that last bit, I'd I'd watch that movie. <laughs> and then it's it starts with narcotics, and then it ends with like organ harvesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of comes out of nowhere. And even for like Kojima twist, even for like a David Cage twist, that's kind of like uh. <laughs> I feel like. That 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 whole that whole plot is fucking baffling because it doesn't go anywhere. Like it's a noir story, so you kind of assume that the corporation you're investigating is behind something. 
and this asshole Tony is behind something. And you go through the whole game, and yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there's the twist that it's about organ harvesting and that Tony's like a murderer and, you know, this is my daughter or not. But, like, it, the nothing actually alters the game's starting premise at all. Yeah, I guess, too, it's just because they're just, like, some big corporation that's, like, out in the public and they do everything, so they're kind of just, like, held in high regard. It's like, imagine if, like, Walmart was doing... Oregon Harvest. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> What's wild about it though is there is an insane amount of work put into like the the tiny little scientific details throughout it. For like as wild as it gets, they put a ridiculous amount of work into just world building in that game. Yeah, that's what I kind of appreciated the most. Yeah, there's like an enormous glossary on everything, like down to the finest detail in that game. Like talking about like designer foods and freaking grunge metal and just like different laws that are in it. Like it's it, like they go to crazy amounts of detail. It's really interesting because it's obsessed with its own minutia, which I guess is par for the course for Kojima's games. But it, I feel like it kind of hurts the game's theme almost in that it's so obsessed with like the realistic portrayal of living in space while simultaneously positing like, yeah, living in space is long-term disastrous and totally pointless. And looking back, I literally can't even remember why they even bother to live in space at all because they're all getting sick super fast. Yeah. It's kind of a good point. Yeah. I remember that being a major point of contention with you guys like if this is happening then why can't we put our money in a better place like stopping starvation or something is it a resource thing on earth i forget well, i don't know if it's a resource thing because ba- building a giant self-sustaining space colony seems like it would take a lot of resources <laughs> <laughs> enough to like kill a bunch of people at least um i'm so happy i got to play police knots that uh, that game feels like a game that Kojima got to make when no one was looking. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much hearsay and rumor about why that game never got localized. Uh, I think a lot of it does amount to the fact that Snatcher didn't do too well. But, man, I've heard stories over the years about people who have allegedly gotten fired from Konami just for trying to get this thing through that... Uh, you know, playing it, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I don't know. There's like a weird air about it in that company. And two with it being right right around that Sega Saturn PlayStation time, that's like, that's that's weird timing to try to port over something. You know, I, I guess that would be a, a big project to localize. I don't know. I mean, with all that text and voice. Now, as far as like, I think the term that was used was like Kojima Unraveled. Now, as far as like <laughs> Kojima Unraveled, what would you rather play again? Police Knots or Death Stranding? Oh, Death Stranding, easy. Okay, I figured. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's not even, I, I don't even think that's fair to Police Knots because Police Knots doesn't have a whole lot of video game in it. It's a visual novel with bad shooting sections. That's true. Although, I'm personally, I, I'm a fan of those like, visual novel-ish kind of things. Um, so I, I feel like I can tolerate it a little bit more. But I guess as far as like my comparison, I would probably also go with Death Stranding. I wait. I don't know. Because like 
I never want to play Death Stranding again. I really liked it. And boy, do I never, ever, ever want to play it again. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in that boat too for some reason. it's It's got this feeling where I'm just like, I'm good. Do you remember when Death Stranding was like, like really good and you had to go over all the all the terrain and plan your route and yeah. then you, you got the truck and the road and you're working on the road <laughs> and you're like, yeah. And then you're building the 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 zip line network. Yeah. And it's the most satisfying thing I've ever built in a game. And yeah. I built a whole zip line network that covered the entire map. And then the last 15% of the game was terrible because I built a zip line that covered the entire map and didn't have <laughs> to play the game anymore. How yeah. little faith must you have in your premise to ruin it with something like the zip lines? <laughs> well, I don't know, because you get to that final stretch and the game deletes all your zip lines <laughs> because they knew that that section would be fucking terrible if you could just zip through it. Honestly, I've been playing it again and just like taking landscape photos, like not even doing the game on PC, though, right? Yeah, right. Like I'm not I'm skipping the cutscenes. I'm not doing any of the missions. I'm just wandering around taking photos and I'm having a pretty good time. I don't even care about the story. I just like bringing weed to the old guy. <laughs> Making sure he's good. <laughs> yeah. Mission 420. Days, have you beaten sleeping medication? Have you beaten the game? Yeah. Yeah. I've beaten it on PlayStation 4 and I'm going through it on the PC right now. So I love that game story. Right up until the character decided to explain it to me. That's one of my favorite clips of you ever, Pat, is, is when uh, when she writes Amelie in the sky and you just went, well, I think it's kind of dumb. <laughs> Paige goes, well, and you just went, hmm? And then she goes, okay, yeah. <laughs> like you both just accepted that it was dumb at that point. <laughs> at least at least there was a moment where you did give a shit about Amelie. So, I'll, yeah, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't get into like the main characters, but I loved like continuing the stories of the preppers by by doing a bunch of deliveries and being like like you said like super efficient with zip lines i think amelie's the worst character that that studio ever wrote yeah agreed do you remember the first time she talks to you in the bunker and she's like hey i'm amelie and your brain goes villain <laughs> <laughs> i remember i may have said this before but would you all agree that the Princess Beach line is peak Hideo Kojima? Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. I wanted to, like, fight when that happened. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think we can, we can get any more Hideo Kojima than that line. That's, that is the, the zenith. I think, I think you could. It's, it's all downhill. But we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> God, I hate that line. Because, <laughs> like, and then they do the weird run. <laughs> like they do the slow motion run where like Norman smiles and he's still only- laughing and he's covered. He's covered in the wounds that he still has from fighting Higgs. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? And the game <laughs> wants you to take it seriously. And meanwhile, in the back of your head, you're like, she's going to fuck this up. But I don't know why, how yet. Uh, and then you have to spend like 40 minutes in the middle of nowhere. And then that ultimate way to eventually beat the game, you just gotta not use the gun. 
Oh, I tried to pop a cap in her ass. Oh, I think we all immediately aimed. I I got I got stuck. I got stuck. <laughs> I had to have chat tell me how to beat it. <laughs> it's like clearly they can't actually mean that I should feel affection towards this hyper monster. <laughs> this waste of garbage. Press H to hug. Yeah, I was at, I was I was in this weird point at that point of the game. Like, boy, I sure do want to just talk to Die Hard Man again. Yeah, yeah, same. And then I did, and holy shit! Yeah, that I mean, Tommy Earl Jenkins, he outacted the shit of that and that. Uh, yeah, he, that, that pulled me back in. Like once <laughs> once that scene was going on, I was like, okay, here we go. I remember seeing like Revenge or what the fuck was that movie called? Uh, Rise of Skywalker. After I beat the game and just wishing that that I was called what? Yeah, (laughs) fuck that movie. And yeah, and just thinking to myself during the whole movie, like I would rather be watching Tommy Earl Jenkins monologue than watch this film. Fair. It's that good. But, you know, that's kind of a low bar. I don't know. I think it's impressive that they made a game where in the last part of it, they explain everything. And I still have no idea what the fuck happened. Well, it's tough because characters lie to you. Um, and it's also tough because, I mean, this is a really good segue in from Police Knots, right? So Police Knots had an exhaustive amount of detail to scientific minutia about space flight and, and living in space. And Death Stranding has magic. Yep. And the problem with the magic of Death Stranding is that it has a historical basis in which they discuss the extinctions. There have been the six extinctions. Oh, my goodness. And then, like, literally six weeks after the game came out, scientists are like, hey, we missed one. There's totally another extinction. <laughs> oh, no, the plot doesn't make any sense anymore. What's the Death Stranding? Right? I, I still don't know what the Death Stranding is. I can tell you what it caused. I can't tell you what it is. Like, this would have been the game that would have benefited the most from that scientific minutia if he would have just eschewed the magic, at least in part, and not leaned on it entirely. Death Stranding is the ultimate example of why movies, games, books, TV shows love to make the main character a fish out of water. Because Norman, I'm mean, uh, Sam, fucking Jesus, Sam, I thought of him as Norman Reedus the whole game. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But Sam knows what the Death Stranding is, right? Sam knows the score. Die Hard Man knows what's up. Amelie and and the president and everybody knows what the Death Stranding is. So there isn't a single moment in the entire game where a character looks at the camera and goes, hey, here's what fucking happened. Yeah. Yeah, it just all kind of comes off as like, uh, for lack of a better term, like casual conversation, I guess. Like it. It's realistic that nobody would explain to Sam what the Death Stranding is because, of course, he knows what it is. Yeah, that's a good point. They didn't even give it. They they didn't even put it in the damn documents, though, like the emails and everything. There's more emojis in those emails than there are like actual explanations. (laughs) It is the 100 percent total opposite of the biggest problem with Snake, where you talk to Snake and you go, Snake, this is a helicopter. And he goes, what's a helicopter? (laughs) (laughs) 
Helicopter. It takes the last sentence, the word of your sentence, and then reframes it as a question. So it's like, Snake, so, there's a helicopter here. Helicopter? Yeah. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a plane, but it spins the rotors. Oh, yeah. I know what <laughs> those are. You know, Death Stranding was the game that made me kind of stop and go, you know, maybe I'm being too hard on Metal Gear Solid 4. Just a, just a little. No, nah, you're not. No, I'm not? <laughs> okay. Metal Gear 4 has horrible glaring problems. <laughs> Metal Gear 4 is an obsession with minutia and then forgetting to make a game out of three of your five levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's Nitroid's favorite hobby is shitting on Metal Gear Solid 4, so you guys might get along, like, perfectly. <laughs> Did you know that if you zoom in on this chick after the boss battle for long enough that, like, sex noises will come in and she'll do, like, a photo shoot and that'll hopefully make you forget that Chapter 3 was two hour-long cutscenes and the shittiest tailing mission ever? <laughs> <laughs> you want to know the worst part about Act 3? It was almost worse because the part they cut was an escort mission. Oh, sick. With <laughs> an injured like, uh, Big Mama, right? Yeah, you would lead her through the sewer. Yeah. Oh, and that was supposed to be the call. Okay, I get that. It was supposed yeah. to be a call back to the end of 3, which is the worst part of 3. I was going to yep. say, so you want to recreate the worst part of 3, right? <laughs> Good thing that part got cut. Right, right. This is going to sound a little off, but uh, particularly this is a Kojima-focused podcast. But you guys ever play No More Heroes 2? I have not. I did not. I played the first one. I never got around to the second one, and I regret it. Sam? So there's a part in No More Heroes 2 where uh, it's pretty late in the game. It's about 80% through. Where uh, it's a level where you end up fighting uh, your target on the roof of a mall. Um, and the start of the level is you in the mall parking lot. And you fight dudes that get out of like guys drive up in cars and get out of the car and they're like, oh, we'll kill you, right? You do that for God, I want to say like 15 minutes. And that's literally all that's going on. And it's terrible. It's horrible. It's the shittiest level in the game. And then you get to uh the boss fight, and the boss fight has their own unique vocal track. And it's lavishly produced, and it's one of the best boss fights in the game. And in an interview with Suda51, he's like, Yeah, man, I made it like I made that level bad on purpose because it's supposed to may give you the feeling of being stuck in the mall and just going about your life in its drudgery. And Kojima absolutely seems like the kind of person <laughs> to make a level bad on purpose because it's supposed to make you feel a certain way. Yeah, but would you? Th there is a legitimate argument to be made that the entirety of Metal Gear Solid Four sucks on purpose. I don't want to do this anymore, guys. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> when they announced the game, he put his name on it as Alan Smithy. How much more on the nose can you get? If his name's on another Metal Gear product. Oh, they'll drag him back in. It, it'll happen someday. Konami is nothing if not pragmatic, and if it is better for them to let him have his way with another Metal Gear through Sony as some kind of proxy, then they'll do it. I think like, that is an absurd belief. <laughs> <laughs> this is a company I, <laughs> that tanked a division that served them well for decades to chase pachinko sales 
only for that to well, that's blow my up point. in their face like two years later. They're making money hand over fist right now. They don't care about public reputation. Whatever makes them the money is what they're going to do. Well, that you know what that means? It's time they make new Metal Gear. It's time for all us gamers to rise up and say, okay, yeah, whatever, I'll do whatever. I have no <laughs> communal right, voice. I'll just do whatever. Last of Us 2 wins all the Joystick Studio of the Year awards, despite being the crunchiest studio in the fucking industry. Yeah, okay, whatever. Ooh, the graphics. <laughs> it's that it's also tiresome meme image, but you know, forever. It just never stops. <sighs> video games are terrible guys i don't know if i they kind of are breaking it to you i don't know i even started we should all stop <laughs> okay i have a i have just kind of an offshoot question that i thought about myself and uh if you don't feel comfortable answering this i totally understand so snatcher or detroit never played snatcher oh okay it's pretty much uh, like Police Knots, though, like on the uh, as far as like the gameplay experience. Yeah, so. okay, how crazy about, cyberpunk Police Knots, basically. Let me reframe yeah. that. Uh, heavy Rain or Police Knots? Oh, man. That's way tougher than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say Heavy Rain, honestly. Oh, Heavy yeah. Rain at least had a pretty good twist to it. I don't know. That twist got me. I was Did, like, I'll well, fight God you. damn. I will fight you. I will Did fight you right now. Did they foreshadow that twist at all? Because I remember that twist being a total ass pull. No, not only do they not foreshadow it, they lie to you. They lie. Thank you. Did they? It is, it is the absolute cardinal sin of a mystery in which they lie to you. There is a part where one of the characters does something that the murderer would do. And because you can read characters' internal thoughts, you get to hear them go, I wonder what's up with Manfred. Literally two seconds after they have killed Manfred. Hmm. Specifically because you at that point in the game would be getting to like, oh, this guy's probably the killer. Oh no, the killer was right here. <laughs> Who could there it was, have been? Oh, it was me. It was me yeah, in there a was 10 no second part of the game I didn't that. control. Okay, yeah, I didn't catch that. Well, maybe that's why it fucking caught me off guard. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it wasn't me then, because I thought I missed something. But no, apparently it's just bad. This is like when uh, they like you find out Alice is a robot, and it's like, did the other robot not tell that she was a robot? Like, I feel like there would be some sort of interfacing there, at least. It ruins that character's theme. Yeah, it, it makes the whole story pointless. Can a Can a robot love a human like a real human? Well, we don't know that now. Damn, David Cage, you really showed us. <laughs> Leave her cold sensor on so she can suffer. Make another game about Willem Dafoe hunting ghosts. Do you think that, oh, I guess Jesse Williams didn't mind, but I feel like I, I, I honestly thought after the whole, like, sexual assault allegations with Quantic Dream and, like, everything that happened to Ellen Page, I didn't think they would get any more, like, big names attached to them just because of that reputation. But I guess, it fe I guess like, nobody in Hollywood really cares. It's just a paycheck. Oh, they don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't know about, like, I feel like Ellen Page is probably the only star he'll make, like, a photo collection of, I guess. If people in Hollywood cared about the association of their name to scumbags... I hope you enjoy the future of no more movies, Everick. <laughs> <laughs> it jigs up. I wonder what, uh, I, 
I think days you and I have joked about this before, but like, I wonder what social issue he'll try to tackle with his next game in, in like a hackneyed way. Sorry. Don't you mean what social issue he's totally not going to talk about at all in his next game? (laughs) Right. Right. I'm still thinking about that question. (laughs) Uh, What did I say last time? It was like, you know what I think he's going to do? I think he's going to do something on that thing about, like, transracialism. Except it'll be aliens. Aliens will will be the stand-in. That sounds like a topic, a, t- a touchy topic that nobody wants to touch. And then David Cage will just, like, jump in and be like, I will be the one. <laughs> and he'll make up, like, these just really tone-deaf slogans like, all aliens are bastards. <laughs> oh, man. it It's really frustrating that David Cage is a... Uh, game developer and not a filmmaker. Follow me here. Follow me. Because if Detroit was a game, sorry, if, De- yeah, if Detroit <laughs> was a movie, right? It's sorry. the kind of thing that a fan edit could make really great. If Heavy Rain was a film, you could edit that down into something that kicked ass. Yeah. But because it's a game, that's really hard. That's really complicated. So you can't really do it. Hmm. I've heard stories, too, that like in the same vein of a movie, like the actors for Detroit, they put in a lot of like character input, particularly Connor and Hank. And and apparently, according to to Brian Deckard, like David Cage was trying to stop that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because they ad libbed like half their shit and drove David crazy. They're like the best part of that game. Yeah, you know why? Because they're the they're the only characters that aren't reading directly on script. They actually acted their scenes like actors. <laughs> uh, it's the it's the goofy. <laughs> my favorite out of all those stories, my favorite is like David's asking Brian Deckhart about the script, and he's like, "So what's your favorite line?" And he's like, "This one where I'm talking to Hank and I tell him that I like dogs." <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, that sent like Cage into a fucking conniption. Because it doesn't have shit to do with shit. And then you get to that part in the game. You're like, that's actually a really good line read. And says a lot about Connor's character. That he just, he's looking through Hank's desk and sees a photo of a dog. Hey, I like dogs too. Huh? Huh? (laughs) You like dogs? We should hang out. You You mean actually showing some sort of like camaraderie or character building is good. And not just sort of like dialogue to make a point. And then every, I I liked, sorry, I know this is the Kojima frequency and not the cage frequency, but I need to get this out every time I can. I like how, like, the robots had blood that was made by the same material as, like, a super addictive drug, like, almost akin to, like, what, like, methamphetamines, cocaine. And nobody thought to just, like, if a a robot dies or whatever, just, just suck the blood out and smoke it. But they all go to this, like, junk dealer to to just trash them that's 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 so much drugs that you're 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 wasting hey (laughs) that's pretty bad but you know what else is pretty bad a large part of car's plot is we gotta get to canada we got okay we'll be safe in canada don't you worry and it's like Okay, you're, it's it's the underground railroad. We get it. What if black people were robots? We under, okay. We got it. What if what if? Okay, got it. Got it. Good. Black people, robots, slavery. Get, oh, it's not about that. Okay, whatever. Anyway, gotta get to Canada, right? 
But there's a goddamn news article in the game in which it describes that robots are outlawed in Canada. Which means that they won't be able to eat or receive robot medical treatment or any. They'll die. They'll die super fast. One ending is where they get over the river and like they're pretty injured. So either they're just going to bleed out and die or have those deformities for however long they still live. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking robots. I mean, I could go on about this all day, but I won't. But I'm really happy that I could I could get it out to to you, Pat, at the very least. (laughs) Listen, there's a really weird part of that story because I'm Canadian, right? And so I, my country is being used as the escape button for the narrative, which I don't appreciate. But <laughs> uh, you know, you know, like when you know when people when uh, say, for example, certain countries have uh, political shenanigans, and all over Twitter is, yeah, I'm just gonna have to escape to Canada. Like, how about you go fuck yourself? I'm not a goddamn get out of jail free card. Um, (laughs) But so Canada's the escape button. And I'm thinking about this. Okay. We've outlawed robots because we think they're uh, evil. And it's like a, I don't know. It's a, it's a a destroy the economy or it's a, it's a fucking blight on God's world or it's an unnatural freak show or it's a, you know, it's a, a, a fucking Terminator waiting to happen. <laughs> and it's like, you know, they get across. And all I can think of is like the average person that lives in the country that has outlawed this form of life is going to be like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be just as much or worse trouble in Canada as they will be in the States, where at least robots are, are cool in general. Maybe not at that part of the game. Yeah, my robots got pretty pissed off. That game's actually a lot more fun when you let the robots get pissed off. (laughs) I like, yeah, I like the runs where, like, the robots get pissed off and then, like, Connor stays as, like, a a deviant killing machine. I always found that to be the most interesting. Yeah, if you want, if you want, if you, I mean, if you're not too spoiled by what we're talking about, you want the absolute best Detroit per uh, experience new player, um, have Kara die as fast fast as possible <laughs> ideally in her opening scene just don't go upstairs to help the kid at all just just die right there and then uh have uh connor and uh uh what's th- uh marcus connor and marcus go for just maximum kill in every scenario it's great <laughs> i'll say this about david cage the first 30 minutes of fahrenheit were really good Oh, man, that's the best scene he ever did. The first one. No, uh, the Omicron came first. Holy shit. But man, that that first half hour where you have to cover up the murder and then you investigate the murder you covered up. Yeah, that's good shit. That's great. I love that. Hey, do you remember like a few hours later in the game when they had like alien kung fu? Do you remember when he gets attacked by giant ticks in his office made out of alien glowing green energy that is literally never described, brought up or mentioned ever again? (laughs) Do you remember when he has sex with the girl that he just met and also he's dead the whole time? Yeah, he's physically cold. He's physically cold and yet he still impregnates her. Well, it's a Jesus thing. Thanks, David Cage. 
I I could go on about him every, all day. Like he is like the Neil Breen of video games for me, and I can go on about <laughs> Neil Breen all the time. <laughs> I, I do have to thank David Cage legitimately because a not insignificant part of my career has grown and been based off of being like, have you all lost your minds? Why does everyone say this game is great? Look at this garbage. (laughs) (laughs) So I appreciate it. Glad to have experienced them. Yeah. You got to get that energy out sometimes. I feel it. That being said, let's roll it back to Metal Gear. I genuinely think that Kojima outgrosses David Cage in one respect. In one instance, there is a Kojima game that I am legitimately appalled at one of its pieces of content, and that is the final tape in Ground Zeroes. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, geez. Hey, you collected all the collectibles. Here's your reward, gamer. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Oh. Yeah, I just kind of like to block that one out. It's the implication. This is my completion bonus, huh? <laughs> Yeah, both both games uh, in in the got got pretty dark in the tapes, but Ground Zero is definitely uh, takes the cake on that one. And yeah, I never felt like it got that dark in uh, in Phantom Pain, which is what we were all expecting, right? Yeah, with the whole demon thing, yeah, and it ended up being it's a red what herring. we were explicitly told. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never been more disappointed. To see my main character not shoot a bunch of children in a cage more <laughs> than Metal Gear Solid V, uh, The Phantom Pain. Yeah, yeah, like you shoot them and then you get the little game over and you're like, wait a second. Can I get a refund? I saw the cutscene. The cutscene has him looking at the sad children in the cage and he goes, blah, blah, blah. And then the text comes up, uh, up, up that says men become demons. Yeah. And in the real game, it's like, oh, he shot out the lock to save the show. This game sucks. (laughs) I respect the twist a little bit because you're supposed to think that Big Boss is going to be this horrible monster. And it just turns out, oh, he's just a hypocritical asshole. (laughs) Like, that's the twist. I think, like, the worst thing that he personally did in that game was just catfishing people, which is, you know, again, the opposite of what we were told. But does he even know? Are we talking about Venom or Big Boss? Yeah, we're talking about Venom. Because I think. Yeah, because <laughs> you're supposed to think it's Big Boss in the marketing. And yeah. the twist is that, okay, well, Venom's actually not that bad. At least, I mean, you know, not taking into account the whole human kidnapping, murder, and nuclear arms development. But Big Boss, on the other hand, he's just a dick. Yeah. But he did invent Doritos. <laughs> and Mountain Dew. And, and Axe, Axe Body, body Spray. spray. <laughs> that's that's why I didn't mind. Like, when, everybody was, when everybody was freaking out over the whole like monster energy drink, uh, I, I was kind of expecting something like that coming from making Mountain Dew and Peace Walker. It didn't really bother me. <laughs> Who puts it in a canteen, though? If you're going to have product placement in your game... I need that product placement to be as obnoxious and out of place as possible. <laughs> Death Stranding definitely did that. I want Cloud to look at Aerith dying of her, her stab wound <laughs> and like just smear 
a bunch of oh god, what I'm looking around the the house for smear a bunch of craft parmesan cheese into it <laughs> and then tape it up with with like duct tape brand brand uh, fucking duct tape and be like there you go you're healed it's- the parmesan smell makes it heal good cuz of the planet <laughs> it's not phoenix down but it'll work it's weird though because And maybe it's just me, but it seems like if product placement is subtle, it comes off as obnoxious. But if product placement is really in your face obnoxious, it's okay. It's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I I cheered playing Death Stranding along with my chat every time I got on that goddamn motorcycle. And Sam goes, man, this really does feel like I'm on AMC's ride with Norman Reedus. (laughs) Holy shit. That's an example of a good unlockable. Oh, my God. Never even found that bike. Well, hey, Pat, this has been a lot of fun. We could keep talking about this stuff forever. But uh, I know you probably have to run and we don't want to keep you too long. We can start winding things down and you can plug your stuff where people can find you online. I could could literally talk forever about this crap, but... I do have to run. Yeah, man. We appreciate you coming on. Oh, you're quite welcome. I'm glad to be on another time. There is, there is, there is so much stupid fucking shit in Kojima's games that you can talk about forever. Forever. Yeah, we made a whole podcast about it. We could, we could probably (laughs) sit here and argue for three hours over at what point did Liquid's ghost leave Oswat's arm? <laughs> or was it there at all? Please don't get me started. I think <laughs> I think he transferred to a robot arm after two because he couldn't control it, but then to keep the gimmick going, he psychobrainalized himself or something. The, the arm's a timeshare. Anyway. And and was it and was it because of hypnosis was it because of his genetics or his pedigree with the sorrow or was it just nano nanotechnology yes i think he's just a really good actor <laughs> the gift of the silver tongue i mean i'm just like for every door you kind of close with a kojima question you kind of open up a million more to your point yeah all right well i know exactly what i want to close on Hey, I'm Pat. I do streams over at Pat Starzad over twitch.tv slash Pat Starzad. I also do the Castle Super Beast podcast, which airs every Monday afternoon, and you can check out on iTunes and Spotify and all those internet things. This is a Castle Super Beast podcast. And I guess the, if I'm on a Kojima podcast, the last thing that I want to say is that MGS 4 and 5 can fuck themselves. I can't believe <laughs> we didn't get a game where you play as the boss in World War II. Maybe one day. Maybe that's what the remake is, what Blue Point's doing. That would have been fucking awesome. You twi- to twirl the sticks to with the contractions to give birth to Ocelot, and you look down at him, and you go, wow, you are always the problem. <laughs> I should drown you in this river. <laughs> All right, Pat, we appreciate you coming Speak on. Speak your truths, man. Speak your truths. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on. <laughs> oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks, dude. All right.